Pick. To get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500. Or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Back in the third and final hour of the program here on Tuesday morning and coming up this weekend. I know right now you're looking in this. The sun is nowhere to be found. The clouds are starting to break up a little bit, though. Hey, this Saturday is going to be a beautiful day, right? Just like the song. It's a beautiful day. It's going to be a nice day for getting out there on Pier 3 and having some delicious chowder. It is the 18th annual. Blount Fine Foods, New Bedford Seaport Chowder Fest. And, of course, it's hosted by the One South Coast Chamber. And joining us now on the line, we have the Vice President of Marketing and Events for the One South Coast Chamber, Katie Green. Good morning, Katie. How are you? Good morning, Tim. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing all right. And I got to ask you, I know that, you know, it's the final days of preparation for Chowder Fest. Are you tired yet of people saying chowder at you all the time? <laughs> It keeps me going. It's what it's what keeps me really motivated this week to get everything done and ready for Saturday. <laughs> so this is an event that is, a, you know, it's one of the signature events every year for the city, for the area, and of course for the chamber. And it's something that really gets people excited and something that everybody looks forward to in circles on their calendar. Absolutely. it's uh, we, we hear about it as soon as it's over for, for the current year. We hear people saying, when is it going to happen next year? So it uh, always draws a great crowd. We have around 3,000 people that come. And like you just said, the weather is finally looking like it's going to be great. It's going to be a perfect day to be out there on the pier and sampling all different kinds of soups and chowders. I saw an interesting stat the other day where out of the last like 16 weekends, it's rained 13 out of them. So in this weekend, it doesn't look like there's any in the forecast, you know, knock on for Micah. So it's almost <laughs> like, you know, even Mother Nature is a chowder fan. I think the, the chowder fest gods are going to be smiling down on us that day for sure. So for someone who has never been before to chowder fest, kind of explain to them what they can expect when they go and, and what the experience is. Sure. Um, so we have a variety of South Coast restaurants that are that participate in Chowder Fest. And despite the name, it's not just chowders that are available. We actually have three different categories. There's a clam and seafood chowder category. There's a Portuguese specialty, so that could be a kale soup or a caldo verde. And then there is a signature soup category, and that could be any type of soup. Um, we have a chicken corn chowder participating. We have a miso soup. We have a traditional um, Ecuadorian soup. Lots of different um, options for people who may not uh, be a fan of chowder, which is kind of shocking if you live on the South Coast. But I, I do know some people who aren't chowder fans. Um, so we do have VIP tickets still for sale. Those end Friday at 4 p.m. Uh, you can purchase them on our website at onesouthcoast.com. VIP opens at 11 a.m. You get a free drink ticket with it, and you get to spend the entire time on the Black Whale Deck with concierge service from Gut Shoes, our, our, our local food delivery service. So it's a great way to just kind of kick back and relax. We're going to have a live band played out who will be performing for the crowd. Um, but if you prefer to do general admission and roam the tent yourself, you can do that as well. Pre-sale for those tickets and um, also at 4 p.m. on Friday, and that's where you get an early bird discount. It's $5 off. So 
for adults um, before 4 p.m. on Friday, it's $15. If you want to purchase tickets the day of the event, you can certainly do so. We sell a bunch of tickets that day. Uh, the cost at the gate is $20. Kids 5 and under are free, and ages 6 to 12 are only $5. And if you think about it, if you go out to any of these restaurants and you get a bowl of chowder, you're paying close to, to, to that for just a bowl of chowder. You're going to be able to try from all over the place and have unlimited sampling. And it's it's such a great event. And what I found interesting, because last year I got to be a judge, and this year you have celebrity yeah. judges, the Portuguese kids, yep. which is going to be fun. But, mm -hmm. you know, being a judge and, and getting, I took it very seriously, you know, and, uh, you know, I felt a lot of pressure on, and, and granted, the, the winners do appreciate appreciate when the judges select them as winners, but what they really care about are those People's Choice Awards. The the awards that are going to be handed out by the people who go there and purchase the tickets and try the chowders and vote for their favorites. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree totally. Um, and you were, by the way, an awesome judge, and we appreciate you helping mm, us you. out last year. Um, but yeah, the, the restaurants love the People's Choice Awards because essentially it's a great marketing tool for them. We have people not just from the South Coast. We have people come from all over. Um, I was actually talking to Jim Phillips the other day, and he was uh, asking about uh, he was asking a similar question. And I said, I remember last year seeing ticket sales come in from Andover. So we have people who come from all over Mass and Rhode Island for this event, um, and it's a great way for these businesses to market themselves and drive new business to them uh, that they may not have been able to reach otherwise. And really, it shows that because there was a real big, there's a real big sense of community among these restaurants. They're in competition, of course, but they mm -hmm. get to, to. This is a chance for them to all kind of get together and talk to each other and and have a have a little bit of um, you know a little bit of cross promotion amongst themselves too, where they say, "Well, gee, I like chowder that has this. Oh, well, you want to go over and try theirs because they do that." And so it really does seem like it's a it's a big community around you know something as simple as chowder. Absolutely. It totally is. Um, and like I said, there's a, there's a huge variety. So not, there's no two uh, clam chowders alike. I think we have, um, we have some that are a traditional, like a thicker chowder. We have some that are more of a, of a thinner broth. And then when, when you add in the, the Portuguese specialty and the signature soups, there's just so much variety. And there's, um, like you said, there's not so much competition. It's just more camaraderie. And I would recommend getting your tickets early and coming hungry. That's right, because um, while they are two-ounce samples, you fill up pretty quickly with those. And I know, Tim, you can attest to that just uh, based on the judging alone, because you had to try every, every soup sample there was. So uh, you definitely fill up quickly, so come hungry. We also have some beer and alcohol vendors there as well. We'll have uh, Buzzards Bay Brewing, Moby Dick Brewing, and the Cocktail Guru, and Dorothy Cox Chocolates is going to be there as well. They're going to have some goodies for, for our guests. Uh, it's going to be a great day. And just recommended parking for folks that are coming down to Pier 3 on Saturday. Sure. So anybody who's been in that area knows that, that parking is a little tough, especially because we do take over the entire pier, um, which is where a lot of people would park. So we have a few options. Um, the first option is you can park at the Whale's Tooth parking lot, which is, uh, for anybody not familiar, that's where you would park to take the ferries um, over to the islands. So you can park there. You do have to pay to park, but we do have a free SERTA shuttle. That's going to be running all day from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. back and forth from the Wales Street parking lot to the pier. There will also be free parking at the Elm Street garage that day. It's about a five-minute walk, I would say, uh, from the garage over to the pier. And then, of course, if there's street parking, you're more than welcome um, to, to park there as well. And uh, it's a great time. It's a great event. Uh, the, it starts at what time and ends when? 
Uh, VIP starts at 11. That's pre-sale only. General admission starts at 12. The tastings do end at 3 o'clock, and then that's when we tally up the votes, and we do the awards around 4, 4.30. And then you're kicking everybody out. Uh, once once I'm there and I'm the one being loud and obnoxious, that's when you know it's time to go home. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, and where can people go if they want to get some tickets in advance? They can go on our website, which is onesouthcoast.com. That's O-N-E, southcoast.com. All right. Sounds like uh, one heck of a time, and I can't wait to get down there and sample all those chowders. And then, I get, then I'll walk it off the next day at the uh, Pudkawa 5K. So it wor- works out really well because I'm not going to gain all the weight that I would normally from, from all that chowder eating. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Katie. Look forward to seeing you on Saturday and experiencing everything about Chowderfest. Thanks for having me, Tim. All right. You have a great day. You too. Again, that is Katie Green of the One South Coast Chamber, and we are excited to be back at Chowderfest. Uh, I'll probably take some more photos like I did last year and share those all with you at WBSM.com, but get out there and experience it for yourself. It's a great time and a great way to sample, because when you think about it, right, when you go to a restaurant and you get chowder before your meal or any soup, what are you always thinking about? I don't want to fill up on this. I don't want to fill up on this. I've got my entree coming. I don't want to fill up on this. Don't have to worry about that. Because like she said, you're getting two ounce little samples. By the time you have that, and then you go and you get in line for the next one, you get a little bit of time for it to to digest. And and then you're ready for that next sample when you get up there. And by the way, the lines aren't really long. Even though a lot of people will come there, they move very quickly because they're putting those out and you can just grab them and walk right by some tables and pick them right up. And so it moves quickly. But you don't have to worry about you know, filling up on it, you can pace yourself during the time that they're serving it. But you want to make sure that you you get your votes in. Because like I said, they really do take pride in winning those People's Choice Awards. All right, well, that will um, be something that we can certainly keep letting you know about. And uh, if you come on by at Chowderfest on Saturday and you see me there, say hi and come up and talk with me and let me know if you love the show, if you hate the show and Really, the most important question is let me know which chowder you like the best. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also send us app chat messages via the WBSM app. Uh, I think that we can kind of piggyback off that a little bit and go into this discussion that I'd like to have. So Channel 5, WCVB.com has the story, but it's something that's been discussed um, across the Boston media in recent days. There is a group that is looking to increase the minimum wage for workers in Massachusetts who also get paid in tips. Now, as you know, we ha- it's a two-tiered system, really. There's minimum wage in Massachusetts, and then there's minimum wage for tipped workers, which is generally about half of what people get for minimum wage. So right now, the Massachusetts minimum wage is $15 an hour. Tip workers get a base wage or a service rate of six seventy five an hour, but they must account for their tips, and then once they are have accounted for their tips, it has to average fifteen dollars an hour. If they don't, then the establishment where they work has to make up the difference. Now, a couple of things: one, who does that? There were times that I was waiting tables that, you know, I might not have made minimum wage on a slow day. 
And my boss was never like, well, here's the $10 difference. He'd be like, nope, better luck next time. Two, I can tell you from working in the restaurant industry, I don't think every cash tip gets accounted for. Certainly the credit card tips, there's a record, but I don't think every cash tip gets accounted for. So here's what this group, which is called One Fair Wage, is looking for. They're looking to have tipped workers get paid the regular minimum wage. They want them to get paid $15 an hour and then also get to keep tips. They've collected 75,000, they've collected half of the 75,000 signatures needed to get it on the 2024 Massachusetts ballot. They're holding a press conference today on the steps of the state house because there's going to be a joint committee on labor and workforce development hearing on this issue. Now, on the other side of that, Steve Clark, who is the president and chief executive officer of the Massachusetts Restaurant Association, is saying that they disagree with this idea of giving tipped workers minimum wage and tips. This is a quote from him from WCVB. The wait staff employees in a restaurant are the highest earners in the restaurant. They are making way more than minimum wage. And I will tell you in my experience working in food service, that is the truth. It aggravated me to no end as a cook for 22 years. Well, 17 of it in a place where I was dealing with servers. That they would, on a slow day, they're walking out of there with 150, 200 bucks. And I made $80 as the cook. And I would say, well, listen, it, it's, it's, not, it's not fair because they wouldn't be coming here if they didn't like my food. And then their argument was, well, they come here because they like me and they like my service. Well, if that's the case, they would just come in for a coffee and still leave you five bucks. But they don't. They come in and they order breakfast. And I hated the fact that the cooks were severely underpaid compared to what the waitstaff made. And the waitstaff where I worked, I'm going to be honest with you, most of them were terrible. They came in high. They came in hungover or still drunk. They showed up late. They left early. Most of the day was spent outside on cigarette breaks or in some cases, weed breaks. They sat down at tables with customers. They sat at the counter all day. They did the bare minimum and they walked out with three times as much as I made. And is that fair? Shouldn't there just be some balance there? I'm not saying that they shouldn't be able to make money, but there should be some balance there. That's why I like this approach that a lot of restaurants are taking where they don't have tipping, but they have these service charges that they, they put on the bill and these back-of-house charges and front-of-house charges where they divide that money up equally amongst all the employees. And they give them health care and they give them paid vacations and paid days off, sick days. And I, I like that approach better. 
I, I don't know how I feel about if they pass this, if this passes, how am I going to feel about going out and tipping? You know, I'm a pretty good tipper. I probably tip, you know, 30% most of the time. And now I'm going to go out there and know that you're making minimum wage and I'm going to say, all right, let me give you another 30% on top of that. I mean, I give that even when the service isn't great. So it's going to make me rethink my tipping. I'm not going to not tip. But maybe. I don't really tip at Dunkin' Donuts because they're making $20 an hour. Just because they put a cup out doesn't mean I got to put a dollar in it. 508-996-0500. Let me just take a call here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Morning, Tim. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So on this tip thing, I know myself, I've never looked at a server and decided how much I tip based on how much I believe they make per hour. It's always been a direct reflection on the service that they provide me. So if they make 15 bucks an hour, I'm still, I'm still tipping 20 bucks. I'm at well, 20%, you know, and I've never gone to a restaurant and said, you know what? They're, they're making $20 an hour. I'm not going to, I'm not tipping them. And maybe that's because I'm so accustomed to tipping itself. Maybe if I came from another, uh, another country where we don't tip, where tipping isn't like an essential or, or a custom, but, I think bottom line is if, if you're providing me with a service, I'm probably going to tip you. And, and, and to your, uh, your statement that you don't tip at, at Dunkin' Donuts, I agree with you. And, and the reason for that, it's not based on how much they get paid. It's just based on the service they provide. You know, they're, they're not, because I don't tip at all at, at McDonald's, and they're doing exactly the same work as a Dunkin' Donuts worker. So now, for the- some reason, when you come back, as a server, and you and you make sure that my food's good, and you make sure that my glass is full, and you make sure my coffee's hot, you know, that's what I'm that's what I'm tipping on. I'm not tipping on based on on how much they make an hour. But what they're doing is what is the requirement of their job now. So, if they're getting paid minimum wage to do that, they're getting paid to do those things. You don't need to pay them extra on top of that. Tips were designed as a way to make up that difference. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, well that different in, exists in because my, of tips. In my mind, I'm just, I tip based on service. I don't tip based on, you know, if they changed it and they were making 30 bucks an hour, I'm still, I'm still tipping. You know why? Because sometimes you tip the plumber who comes in. I mean, you got, they're charging you a hundred bucks an hour on an emergency call. But if they, they put in a little extra effort, I'm throwing them an extra 20 bucks because they, they made it easier for me, my life a little bit easier. And I know they have a skill uh, that made my life a little bit easier, a little bit uh, better. Better. So I've tipped, I've tipped tradesmen, I've tipped uh, Uber drivers. You, you know, they get tipped. Do you, you tip know, the all cook? All these people, do I tip it? You know, if they had a way for me to ensure that they had a tip, I absolutely. Because they're, they're literally, just like, just like you said, they're literally the reason why I go to that restaurant. I don't go for the service. You know, I don't go, oh, you know what? The, the, the waitresses and the waiters here are exceptional, but the, the food's crap. I'm not going. I'm not going there. So if there was a way for me to tip the, tip the cook, 100% if they gave that option. If they had like a little tip jar on the way out. 
Well, maybe maybe some places will start doing that. I, I got to hold you there because I got to take a break, but thank you for the call. Have a good day. I do have to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will take more of your calls, 508-996-0500. But if you are ready to try to win Trump's money, the first code of the day is coming up right now. All right, callers, hang on. We will get to you right after the news. But right now, it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Betts. President Biden is calling on Congress to pass legislation to fund the government and avoid a shutdown by the end of the month. Following a meeting with the president's board of advisors on HBCUs, Biden called on House Republicans to abide by the bipartisan funding agreement he negotiated with Speaker McCarthy in May. He said a small group of conservative lawmakers who want deep spending cuts don't want to live up to that deal. A gunman who fatally shot 23 people at an El Paso Walmart has agreed to pay more than $5 million in restitution to the victim's family, families. Court documents filed in Monday in Texas show Patrick Cruzis reached the agreement with prosecutors. Earlier this year, he was sentenced to 90 consecutive life sentences in prison after pleading guilty to the federal hate crime charges in connection with the 2019 attack. Eight passengers are recovering after what after they were hurt on a flight heading to South Florida. JetBlue says flight 1256 from Ecuador experienced severe sudden turbulence as it was approaching Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport earlier today. Seven travelers and a crew member were taken to the hospital. Dealerships and repair shops say they are getting ready for a potentially lengthy strike by the UAW against the Detroit Three automakers. Thad Sizzett of Sizzett Auto Group says they stocked up on the most common and often used parts before the strike and says that they aren't having issues yet. When people have a car down, it's a huge inconvenience, right? So they want their car back as fast as possible. We want to get it repaired as fast as possible. He urges anyone who needs to get something done with their vehicle to get in soon and avoid any lengthy delays. SZA adds that several dealers are also well stocked with new vehicles for buyers. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards is requesting a federal emergency declaration from the Biden administration regarding the saltwater intrusion at the lower Mississippi River. Officials fear it could impact the water supply in the region. The Army Corps of Engineers is beginning work on a project this week that they say will help with the issue, but they will need to work quickly. And Monday night's Powerball drawing failed to produce a grand prize winner. That means when the next chance to strike it rich comes up tomorrow, an estimated $835 million will be on the line. In sports, both the Boston Bruins and the Boston Red Sox have a game tonight. The Bruins will face off against the Buffalo Sabres at 7 p.m., while the Red Sox will play ball against the Tampa Bay Rays at 7.10 p.m. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. A lot of clouds around the region for this morning, a little bit damp with some patchy fog in spots as well. But as we get into the afternoon, they'll be brightening to the sky. In fact, we may even see some peaks of sunshine from time to time, especially the further north you are, with highs reaching right around 62 degrees. Winds out of the northeast at 10 to 18 miles per hour. For tonight, at least partial clearing settling across the region. There will be some patchy fog forming, though, as lows drop all the way down to the upper 40s. A delightful day coming our way for Wednesday and Thursday. Lots of sunshine. High temperatures in the mid-60s on Wednesday, reaching the upper 60s to near 70 on Thursday. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Bill Guile on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It's currently 60 degrees right now in New Bedford. 
I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Good morning, all my amazing friends in mass. This is Brett Michaels, and I am bringing you the party crawl along with my good, awesome friend, Tim Weisberg, and the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. And um, Jim in Dartmouth says, Tim, tips weren't made made to make up the difference in pay. Restaurant pay was adjusted to reflect tips that the servers received. Yeah, I kind of reversed that when I was making that comment uh, before. But that doesn't matter. Chicken or the egg, really. The bottom line is if they're getting minimum wage, if that's what ends up happening... How does that affect tipping? Will that affect you tipping? I'll be honest, it's going to affect me tipping. And you can say, well, that's just because you're a former cook who harbors resentment toward waitstaff because they made more than you. Yeah, kind of. And I'm, I admit that. I have no problem admitting that. Because I saw people. All right, listen, I have a friend. Love her. She's one of my favorite people in the world I think she's awesome she's had a rough time she she lost a child to a horrible disease things have just it's been rough she is a server at a very high-end steakhouse and she will send me texts with photos of the credit card slip of the tip that she just got. And I will respond back, I hate you. And I don't hate her. I love her. But to see, oh my God, you just got left a $300 tip on one table and you're going to have 20 tables tonight and you work five nights a week. I mean, she's, she's, she's going to be bringing in probably twice what I make this year. And I, listen, I, I, don't, I don't begrudge her that because I can't imagine what it's like to be the server dealing with people who are coming in. Yeah, the people who come in that think nothing of eating in a place where it's $75 for a steak, you don't really have to worry about them. They're fine. It's the people who are coming there because it's your birthday or it's our anniversary or it's a special occasion and the people who aren't used to dropping $400 on a dinner. $300 on a dinner. So I don't, I don't 
envy her in that way. But also at the same time, like, you carried some plates over to a table. Here come all the servers calling to chew me out for that. But I don't, I don't think you need to, I don't think you need to have minimum wage and tips when they're already making more than minimum wage. If they were coming up short, I would say absolutely 100%. And if, if, if restaurants weren't making up the difference, if they came in under minimum wage, absolutely. Everybody deserves to make minimum wage, no matter what their position is. But they're already making more than minimum wage. They're already making more than the other minimum wage minimum wage workers around them. So RJ says, speaking on the cook, unfortunately, the server is negatively affected tip-wide. Affected tip if the food is no good and it was not their fault. Okay, but most of the time, that doesn't happen. Most of the time, if the food isn't good, the average person looks at that and says, well, I'm not going to blame the server for that. That's not their fault. And I would think most people, if, if a meal has to be taken off the bill, most people don't tip by saying, well, there's uh, one less meal on the bill, so I'm, I'm going to tip based on what the final bill is and not what it would have been. I think most people are understanding of that situation. Yeah, you're going to get a few jerks that aren't. But also, on the inverse, I can tell you, I put out really good food when, when I was a cook. It wasn't anything special. It was nothing to write home about. But I would say I was the best breakfast cook around. And if you came in and you didn't like your server because they were outside smoking or they were hanging all over somebody at the counter or they were on their cell phone the whole time or and these are all real things that happened. Then you would say, oh yeah, no. Mill Pond Diner, that place is terrible. So it, it kind of can work both ways. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing, Gilly? How you doing? I just like hearing you about the tips. Mm -hmm. I have I have a question for you. Sure. Let's say uh, you and your significant other, all four, uh, two couples, four people, they go out for dinner. Okay? And the waitress comes over. She takes your order for food. And... Let's say the bill for the food is about 150 or let's say $200. Now, the right thing to do is give like a 20% tip on the $200. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. You, okay. You tip on what it should be. Okay. Now, let me, now, in the course of the night, you get two bottles of wine. And the wines go between $50 and $100. Okay. So now that's another, another $75, another $150 on your bill do you tip for 350 or 400 dollars or do you tip for the food because the only thing she done is thought about it and then he, he gave her two bottles of wine and she brought it over do you really tip 20 percent on the two bottles of hmm, wine i i don't know because i've i've never ordered a bottle of wine i've only ordered a bottle of wine at a restaurant twice and i don't no, remember I don't, what i did 
No, I understand. That's right. No, I don't. I don't. I'm saying I don't know. I don't know what the procedure is. I don't. I don't know what the proper protocol is. Right. Because see, what you said about them getting the tips and you guys do all the work. You know what I mean? That's the part that with the tipping. Nobody's asked that question. Why should you tip a waitress on a hundred and fifty dollar two bottles of wine, twenty percent, where she only did is with the bottles of the bartender did all the work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, you know, it's a whole different situation. And, and the thing that people forget, that service means a lot. Sure. I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying, is it worth minimum wage plus what they're getting for tips? Because a lot of the tips have been put to the side. They don't all claim that. Of tips. course. Yeah. And I think what you're going to do is you're only going to widen the gap of resentment that exists within a restaurant. Yes, it does. All right. Well, thank you for the call. I guess. Hey, some... let me give you a perfect example. All right, then I got some other calls lined up, so... Real quick. We went to a restaurant in New Bedford. Mm -hmm. I will mention the restaurant. There were six of us. The bill came out... Now, I didn't realize that the bill automatically added the gratuity six or more people. Sure. So when the bill came to me, it came out to 240 uh, I don't know, 42 or 43 dollars, $243. Mm -hmm. I gave the waitress $300 and told her to keep the tip by the change. Okay. I'm thinking I'm tipping 50 something dollars. Sure. Yeah. We went home and as I was seeing, I got the receipt. I looked, gratuity included. So now I gave a 90 something dollar tip on a hundred and nine, you know, they already put in the forty-something dollars for the tip. The waitress never said anything. Hey, sir, the, the thing well, of course. Why would they tell you? They they're hoping that you won't notice. Well, I noticed. I went back and talked to the owner because I knew the owner. You know what I mean? And I said, "Don't you think you should tell you?" I could see tipping another twenty dollars on top if the service was unbelievable. See, that's why I said that some of the waitresses and some of the service they put things in their pockets. Now, I but believe it. All right, okay. I got I to gotta hold you there, though, but thank you for the call. Have a good day. I do have to take a break. Callers, hang on. We'll try to get as many of you in as we can, but right now I have to go to a break. We'll be right back. Notice. And stay tuned for South Coast Now coming up. Chris is here. Is Marcus here today, too? No, so it's just Chris today. He's going to be talking with you at 508-996-0500. And also, he will have the first code of the day. Well, no, I'm sorry, the second code of the day. You already got the first code. He'll have your next code of the day to try to win Trump's money. So keep, make sure you keep the WBSM app or WBSM.com handy so that you can enter in those codes when you hear them each hour for your shot at trying to win $100 right away and then to be entered into the grand prize drawing for $30,000. So if you uh, aren't sure where to put that in, it's at WBSM.com or on the app where it says Trump, win Trump's money. Not an app chat. That's not going to work for you. That'll do it for me for today.